Chapter Thirteen of the Seaboard Parish. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Seaboard Parish by George MacDonald. Chapter Thirteen. What we did when we arrived. We carried Connie in first of all, of course, and into the room which nurse had fixed upon for her the best in the house of course again she did seem tired now and no wonder she had a cup of tea at once and in half an hour dinner was ready of which we were all very glad after dinner i went up to connie's room where i found her fast asleep on the sofa and winnie as fast asleep on the floor beside her the drive and the sea air had had the same effect on both of them but pleased as I was to see Connie sleeping so sweetly, I was even more pleased to see Winnie asleep on the floor. What a wonderful satisfaction it may give to a father and mother to see this or that child asleep. It is when her kittens are asleep that the cat creeps away to look after her own comforts. Our cat chose to have her kittens in my study once, and as I would not have her further disturbed, than to give them another cushion to lie on in place of that which belonged to my sofa i had many opportunities of watching them as i wrote or prepared my sermons but i must not talk about the cat and her kittens now when parents see their children sleep especially if they have been suffering in any way they breathe more freely a load is lifted off their minds their responsibility seems over the children have gone back to their father and he alone is looking after them for a while now i had not been comfortable about winnie for some time and especially during the journey and still more especially during the last part of our journey there was something amiss with her she seemed constantly more or less dejected as if she had something to think about that was too much for her although to tell the truth i really believe now that she had not quite enough to think about some people can thrive tolerably without much thought at least they both live comfortably without it and do not seem to be capable of effecting it if it were required of them while for others a large amount of mental and spiritual operation is necessary for the health of both body and mind and when the matter or occasion for so much is not afforded them the consequence is analogous to what follows when a healthy physical system is not supplied with sufficient food the oxygen the source of life begins to consume the life itself it tears up the timbers of the house to burn against the cold or to use a different simile when the moses rod of circumstance does not strike the rock and make the waters flow such a mind one that must think to live will go digging into itself and is in danger of injuring the very fountain of thought by drawing away its living waters into ditches and stagnant pools this was i say the case in part with my winnie although i did not understand it at that moment she did not look quite happy did not always meet a smile with a smile looked almost reprovingly upon the frolics of the little brother imps and though kindness itself when any real hurt or grief befell them had reverted to her old somewhat dictatorial manner of which i have already spoken as interrupted by connie's accident to her mother and me she was service itself only service without the smile which is the flame of the sacrifice and makes it holy 
so we were both a little uneasy about her for we did not understand her on the journey she had seemed almost annoyed at connie's ecstasies and said to dora many times do be quiet dora although there was not a single creature but ourselves within hearing and poor connie seemed only delighted with the child's explosions so i was but although i say so i hardly know why i was pleased to see her thus except it was from a vague belief in the anodyne of slumber but this pleasure did not last long for as i stood regarding my two treasures even as if my eye had made her uncomfortable she suddenly opened hers and started to her feet with the words i beg your pardon papa looking almost guiltily round her and putting up her hair hurriedly as if she had committed an impropriety in being caught untidy this was fresh sign of a condition of mind that was not healthy my dear i said what do you beg my pardon for i was so pleased to see you asleep and you look as if you thought i was going to scold you oh papa she said laying her head on my shoulder i am afraid i must be very naughty i so often feel now as if i were doing something wrong or rather as if you would think i was doing something wrong i am sure there must be something wicked in me somewhere though i do not clearly know what it is when i woke up now i felt as if i had neglected something and you had come to find fault with me is there anything papa nothing whatever my child but you cannot be well when you feel like that i am perfectly well so far as i know i was so cross with dora today why shouldn't i feel happy when everybody else is i must be wicked papa here connie woke up there now i've waked connie winnie resumed i'm always doing something i ought not to do please go to sleep again connie and take that sin off my poor conscience what nonsense is winnie talking about being wicked asked connie it isn't nonsense connie you know i am i know nothing of the sort winnie if it were me now and yet i don't feel wicked my dear children i said we must all pray to god for his spirit and then we shall feel just as we ought to feel it is not for anyone to say to himself how he ought to feel at any given moment still less for one man to say to another how he ought to feel that is in the former case to do as st paul says he had learned to give up doing to judge our own selves which ought to be left to god in the latter case it is to do what our lord has told us expressly we are not to do to judge other people you get your bonnet winnie and come out with me i am going to explore a little of this desert island upon which we have been cast away and you connie just to please winnie must try to go to sleep again winnie ran for her bonnet a little afraid perhaps that i was going to talk seriously to her but showing no reluctance anyhow to accompany me now i wonder whether it will be better to tell what we saw or only what we talked about and give what we saw in the shape in which we reported it to connie when we came back into her room bearing like the spies who went to search the land our bunch of grapes that is of sweet news of nature to her who could not go to gather them for herself i think it would be the best plan to take part of both plans when we left the door of the house we went up the few steps of a stair leading on to the downs against and amidst and indeed in the rocks buttressing the sea edge of which our new abode was built 
a life for a big-winged angel seemed waiting us upon those downs the wind still blew from the west both warm and strong i mean strength-giving and the wind was the first thing we were aware of the ground underfoot was green and soft and springy and sprinkled all over with the bright flowers chiefly yellow that live amidst the short grasses of the downs the shadows of whose unequal surface were now beginning to be thrown east for the sun was going seawards i stood up stretched out my arms threw back my shoulders and my head and filled my chest with a draught of the delicious wind feeling thereafter like a giant refreshed with wine winnie stood apparently unmoved amidst the life nectar thoughtful and turning her eyes hither and thither that makes me feel young again i said i wish it would make me feel old then said winnie what do you mean my child because then i should have a chance of knowing what it is like to feel young she answered rather enigmatically i did not reply we were walking up the brow which hid the sea from us the smell of the down turf was indescribable in its homely delicacy and by the time we had reached the top almost every sense was filled with its own delight the top of the hill was the edge of the great shore cliff and the sun was hanging on the face of the mightiest sky cliff opposite and the sea stretched for visible miles and miles along the shore on either hand its wide blue mantle fringed with lovely white wherever it met the land and scalloped into all fantastic curves according to the whim of the nether fires which had formed its bed and the rush of the waves as they bore its rising tide up on the shore was the one music fit for the whole ear and eye touch and smell were alike invaded with blessedness i ought to have kept this to give my reader in connie's room but he shall share with her presently the sense of space of mighty room for life and growth filled my soul and i thanked god in my heart the wind seemed to bear that growth into my soul even as the wind of god first breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life and the sun was the pledge of the fulfilment of every aspiration i turned and looked at winnie she stood pleased but listless amidst that which lifted me into the heaven of the presence don't you enjoy all this grandeur winnie i told you i was very wicked papa and i told you not to say so winnie you see i cannot enjoy it papa i wonder why it is i suspect it is because you haven't room winnie i know you mean something more than i know papa i mean my dear that it is not because you are wicked but because you do not know god well enough and therefore your being which can only live in him is cabined cribbed confined bound in it is only in him that the soul has room in knowing him is life and its gladness the secret of your own heart can never know but you can know him who knows its secret look up my darling and see the heavens and the earth you do not feel them and i do not call upon you to feel them it would be both useless and absurd to do so but just let them look at you for a moment and then tell me whether it must not be a blessed life that creates such a glory as this all she stood silent for a moment looked up at the sky looked round on the earth looked far across the sea to the setting sun and then turned her eyes upon me 
they were filled with tears but whether from feeling or sorrow that she could not feel i would not inquire i made haste to speak again as this world of delight surrounds and enters your bodily frame so does god surround your soul and live in it to be at home with the awful source of your being through the childlike faith which he not only permits but requires and is ever teaching you or rather seeking to rouse up in you is the only cure for such feelings as those that trouble you do not say it is too high for you god made you in his own image therefore capable of understanding him for this final end he sent his son that the father might with him come into you and dwell with you till he does so the temple of your soul is vacant there is no light behind the veil no cloudy pillar over it and the priests your thoughts feelings loves and desires moan and are troubled for where is the work of the priest when the god is not there when he comes to you no mystery no unknown feeling will any longer distress you you will say he knows though i do not and you will be at the secret of the things he has made you will feel what they are and that which his will created in gladness you will receive in joy one glimmer of the present god in this glory would send you home singing but do not think i blame you winnie for feeling sad i take it rather as the sign of a large life in you that will not be satisfied with little things i do not know when or how it may please god to give you the quiet of mind that you need but i tell you that i believe it is to be had and in the meantime you must go on doing your work trusting in god even for this tell him to look at your sorrow ask him to come and set it right making the joy go up in your heart by his presence i do not know when this may be i say but you must have patience until he lays his hand on your head you must be content to wash his feet with your tears only he will be better pleased if your faith keep you from weeping and from going about your duties mournful try to be brave and cheerful for the sake of christ and for the sake of your confidence in the beautiful teaching of god whose course and scope you cannot yet understand trust my daughter and let that give you courage and strength now the sky and the sea and the earth must have made me able to say these things to her but i knew that whatever the immediate occasion of her sadness such was its only real cure other things might in virtue of the will of god that was in them give her occupation and interest enough for a time but nothing would do finally but god himself here i was sure i was safe here i knew lay the hunger of humanity humanity may like other vital forms disease systems fix on this or that as the object not merely of its desire but of its need it can never be stilled by less than the bread of life the very presence of the innermost nature of the father and the son we walked on together winnie made me no reply but weeping silently clung to my arm we walked a long way by the edge of the cliffs beheld the sun go down and then turned and went home when we reached the house winnie left me saying only thank you papa i think it is all true i will try to be a better girl i went straight to connie's room she was lying as i saw her last looking out of her window connie i said winnie and i have had such a treat such a sunset
I've seen a little of the light of it on the waves in the bay there, but the high ground kept me from seeing the sunset itself. Did it set in the sea? Do you want the general gazetteer after all, Connie? Is that water the Atlantic, or is it not? And if it be, where on earth could the sun set but in it? Of course, papa, what a goose I am. But don't make a game of me, please. I am too deliciously happy to be made a game of tonight. I won't make a game of you, my darling. I will tell you about the sunset, the colours of it at least. This must be one of the best places in the whole world to see sunsets. But you have had no tea, papa. I thought you would come and have your tea with me, but you were so long that mamma would not let me wait any longer. Oh, never mind the tea, my dear, but Winnie has had none. You've got a tea caddy of your own, haven't you? Yes, and a teapot, and there's the kettle on the hob, for I can't do without a little fire in the evenings. Then I'll make some tea for Winnie and myself, and tell you at the same time about the sunset. I never saw such colours. I cannot tell you what it was like while the sun was yet going down, for the glory of it has burned the memory of it out of me. But after the sun was down, the sky remained thinking about him, and the thought of the sky was in delicate translucent green on the horizon, and the colour of the earth etherealized and glorified. A broad band. Then came another broad band of pale rose colour, and above that came the sky's own eternal blue, pale likewise, but so sure and changeless. I never saw the green and the blue divided and harmonised by the rose colour before. It was a wonderful sight. If it is warm enough tomorrow, we will carry you out on the height, that you may see what the evening will bring. There is one thing about sunsets, returned Connie, two things that make me rather sad, about themselves, not about anything else. Shall I tell you them? Do, my love. There are few things more precious to learn than the effects of nature upon individual minds, and there is not a feeling of yours, my child, that is not of value to me. You are so kind, papa. I am so glad of my accident. I think I should never have known how good you are but for that. But my thoughts seem so little worth after you say so much about them. Let me be the judge of that, my dear. Well, one thing is, we shall never, never, never see the same sunset again. That is true. But why should we? God does not care to do the same thing over again. When it is once done, it is done, and he goes on doing something new. For, to all eternity, he never will have done showing himself by new, fresh things. It would be a loss to do the same thing again. But that just brings me to my second trouble. The thing is lost. I forget it. Do what I can. I cannot remember sunsets. I try to fix them fast in my memory, that I may recall them when I want them. But just as they fade out of the sky all into blue or grey so they fade out of my mind and leave it as if they had never been there except perhaps two or three now though i did not see this one yet after you have talked about it i shall never forget it it is not and never will be as if they had never been they have their influence and leave that far deeper than your memory in your very being connie but I have more to say about it, although it is only an idea, hardly an assurance. Our brain is necessarily an imperfect instrument. For its right work, perhaps it is needful that it should forget in part. 
but there are grounds for believing that nothing is ever really forgotten i think that when we have a higher existence than we have now when we are clothed with that spiritual body of which st paul speaks you will be able to recall any sunset you have ever seen with an intensity proportioned to the degree of regard and attention you gave it when it was present to you but here comes winnie to see how you are i've been making some tea for you winnie my love oh thank you papa i shall be so glad of some tea said winnie the paleness of whose face showed the red rims of her eyes the more plainly she had had what girls call a good cry and was clearly the better for it the same moment my wife came in why didn't you send for me harry to get your tea she said i did not deserve any seeing i had disregarded proper times and seasons but i knew you must be busy i have been superintending the arrangement of bedrooms and the unpacking and twenty different things said ethelwyn we shall be so comfortable it is such a curious house have you had a nice walk mamma i never had such a walk in my life returned winnie you would think the shore had been built for the sake of the show just for a platform to see sunsets from and the sea only the cliffs will be rather dangerous for the children I have been telling Connie about the sunset. She could see something of the colours on the water, but not much more. Oh, Connie, it will be so delightful to get you out here. Everything is so big. There is such room everywhere, but it must be awfully windy in winter, said Winnie, whose nature was always a little prospective, if not apprehensive. But I must not keep my reader longer upon mere family chat. End of chapter 13